0: Today we're going to be talking about compassion. Compassion. There's five times that God's word records Jesus Christ as having been moved with compassion or as having compassion on people. Compassion itself to be defined is to have sympathy or feel pity, to painfully synthesize with another. Now, Compassion is beyond just being feeling sorry for someone, but to sympathize with them, to put yourself in their shoes, and to feel their pain. That is to have compassion. And so, what does it mean? Uh, what, when do we have to have compassion as Christians? When should we show compassion on others? Well, of course, the best best rule of thumb is to just look at the life of Christ. What did Jesus Christ do? What type of people? How? In what situations did He show compassion? That ought to be the best guide for us in our lives. So let us pray, and then we'll study the word of God together. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your compassion. Lord, help us to study it now, and help us to allow it to change our hearts. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are five, as I said, five different places where God's word records Jesus Christ as having been moved with compassion. The first of which I want to take you to today is Mark chapter one. And starting in verse number 40, the Bible says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. So the first person that Christ here is having compassion on is the helpless condition of this sick man. Now, this wasn't just any leper. If you can, if you look back with me at the verse in Mark chapter one, verse 40, this man came to Christ. He sought Christ out. He beseeched Christ. He kneeled before Christ. He showed faith in Christ. Christ healed a great many people while he was here on this earth, and and he still heals people today through the power of prayer. And, And yet, not every single person ever got healed. Those who, so often it was those who sought him out the lepers and the sick that, that sought out Christ. They knew Christ was coming and they cried out to him. They knew Christ would be in town and they sought out to him. Uh, the, the friends of the paralytic man, that they, they tore up the roof of the house and lowered him down so that Christ could heal him. People that, people that seek the Lord, the Bible says, draw nigh eye unto me and I will draw nigh to unto you. The Lord showed compassion on this man. The second one I want to show you is in Matthew chapter 20 and starting in verse number 29 the bible says matthew 20:29 20, and as they departed from jericho a great multitude followed him and behold two blind men sitting by the wayside when they heard that jesus passed by cried out saying have mercy on us o lord thou son of david and the multitude rebuked them because they should not they should hold their peace but they cried the more saying have mercy on us o lord thou son of david and jesus stood still and called Uh, them and said, What will you that I should do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Now, these blind men are the second group of people I want to show you that Christ had compassion on. First of all, Jesus Christ, we know from John chapter 1, he is the light of the world. Only through Jesus Christ can man be saved. Only through Jesus Christ can the spiritual eyes of darkness be opened. And you notice what these men did. As soon as Christ opened their eyes, they followed him. They followed him. They didn't just say thank you and go about their merry way. When Jesus Christ comes into a life, when Jesus Christ reveals Himself to blinded eyes and pulls back those scales placed there by the devil, and and somebody gets saved and truly born again, they will follow the Lord. They will not just walk away from Him. The Bible is so clear that when we are born again, we are a new creature in Christ, and we have new desires, and we ne- we have new interests, and, and we want to serve the Lord, and we want to obey the. Lord, because we see what he has done for us. We've experienced being blind and being given sight, spiritually speaking. And so these men, these these physically blind men, when Jesus Christ has compassion on them and heals their blindness, the first thing they do is follow him. That gives us a very good example, and that gives us another group of people that we ought to have compassion on ourselves, and that is the people who are blind. Now, I'm, I'm, of course, meaning not just blind physically, but blind spiritually, those who do not know the truth. The third, the third instance is in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 35. The Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, here in Matthew 9, 38, and also in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, are the only places in God's word where we find Jesus Christ telling us exactly what to pray for. In other places, he shows us how to pray, and tells us to pray often and different things, and he prays himself for many things throughout the scripture. But here, he tells us exactly what he wants us to pray for, and it is for laborers to go into the harvest field. He had compassion on those that did not have a shepherd. They did not have someone to guide them. They did not have someone to lead them. And there are people all across this world that have no idea who Jesus Christ is. They have no idea who the light of the world is. They have no idea. They have no one to guide them. Second Peter 3.9 nine. Says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God desires all men to be saved. God does not desire anyone to have to go to hell. God tells us to pray for workers, for laborers, preachers, missionaries, evangelists the plumber, the guy working on your car who happens to be a Christian and is willing to witness on the job. People like that. God God tells us to pray for laborers because the harvest is there. There's just not enough laborers. There's people that need to know the truth, and there's not enough people out there telling the truth about Christ. The problem is in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible tells us that, that even if someone never hears the gospel from your lips or mine, they still face the same penalty for sin, which is death and an eternity in hell. Romans 10, 14 says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? We ought to never take for granted the opportunities to hear the gospel and we ought to never pass up the opportunities to present the gospel to others. In Mark chapter 6 is another place, Mark chapter 6 verses 33 and 34, is another place where Christ has moved with compassion on those who have no shepherd. It is a very large group of people in this world. They either have no shepherd or they have a false shepherd. There's a lot of people in this world that do not know to follow Jesus Christ. Now in Matthew chapter 14... We find another instance of Christ having compassion on on someone and again on a group of people, Matthew chapter 14, and we'll start reading together in verse number 13. The Bible says, When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick and it was evening his, and when it was evening his disciples came to him saying this is a desert place and the time is now past. send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals but Jesus said unto them they need not depart give ye them to eat and they said unto him we have here but 5 loaves and 2 fishes he said bring them hither to me And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake, and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So this group that Christ had compassion on is a group of people who followed him on foot into a desert place. This this signifies a group of people who had a desire for Christ. They had a desire for his words. They had a desire for his power, maybe for his healing. Because of their devotion to seeking God, he looked out on them and saw their efforts and he had compassion on them. Now today we have the word of God available to us, especially in America here today. We have the word of God available. You can buy a King James Bible at the dollar store for a buck you can get it online for free. We don't have to seek it. And God's power is promised to his children if we will desire it. How sad is it that we who do not need to suffer to reach the words of God, let those words become so meaningless to us. We let our hearts grow cold to his word, and we lose his power in our lives. If we want power in our lives, we need to realize, as Romans 1.15 says, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It has been said that knowledge is power. Consider the verse we just read. God's word is power. But the power of the word of God in each person's life is limited by how much they seek it. If I were to present to you a glass of liquid power, a a bottle of power, you say, to, to drink and power to heal it, Uh, to heal others, to power to gain strength, power to gain wisdom. If I offered you that glass of water or that bottle of water for free that could give you all that power, would you just sip on it once a week or would you chug that whole thing down? I mean, come on. If you could just have all the power you wanted in the world, if you just drank this drink, why would you just take little sips here and there? God's word is power. Jesus Christ had compassion on the multitudes who sought him. One very simple way mankind can seek God is by studying his word. By studying his word. There's one more uh, instance where Jesus had compassion on another in the Bible, and that's found in Luke chapter 7. I'm going to start reading for you in verse 11. The Bible says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, <clears throat> the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother, and there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. Christ had compassion on the woman who lost her son, and he raised him from the dead. This woman cried for her dead son, and Jesus answered her tears by returning her son to her, by bringing the dead back to life. In Ephesians chapter two verse one, Ephesians chapter two verse five, Colossians 2, 13, many other places in Scripture we read and uh, we read of people being dead in trespasses and sin. Be without Christ in your life, the Bible says you are a living dead person. You are spiritually dead, separated from God, a one breath away from an eternity in hell. If you don't have Christ, you are you are living physically and dead spiritually. And we know from John chapter 3, verses 3 through 16, that unless a man is born again, he will face that penalty of death and that result of which, which is hell. When is the last time we shed a tear for the person that we know who is dead in sin? When is the last time we were moved compassion, moved to to tears even, by the spiritual deadness of our world? When is the last time we dropped the defenses and allowed the preaching of God's word to affect our hearts? When is the last time we sought out someone that we could show compassion on? Jesus Christ had compassion on the sick, the blind, the lost. He had compassion on those who sought after him. He had compassion on the woman sorrowing over the death of her son. This world makes us numb to these very things that Christ was moved with compassion for, spiritual sickness and blindness and wandering. We ought to never soften our stance against sin. We ought to always be bold in our proclamation of the gospel. But we ought to always remember also in Jude chapter 1 verse 22, the Bible says, And if some have compassion, making a difference. It takes sometimes the fear of God. It takes sometimes the compassion of Christ to be the Christian that God desires us to be. The good news is, with such a broken and lost and spiritually dead world around us, we have so many opportunities to show compassion. Let's do just that.